could be anywhere doing anything but hanging out with us and we appreciate that so wherever you're listening and however you're listening we appreciate you guys for listening and with that being said ladies and gentlemen welcome to another exciting episode of the game plan podcast alex goodwin is my name you can follow me on twitter at alex goodwin tsm again that's on twitter at alex goodwin tsm major colonel lieutenant captain gi bro kennedy miller Yes, sir. What's up, my man? First of all, forget where they can find you on Twitter. Where can they find your station? Do you have your Class A uniform? Do you have the gold, the major paying gold tooth? <gasps> you can find me on Twitter and in the Tolls Learning Center of New Mexico Military Campus. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Again, that's underscore Kennedy, as in the former North Carolina basketball star Kennedy Meeks. Miller as in the NBA Hall of Famer, Reggie Miller, underscore Kennedy Miller, underscore. All right, all right. Joining us this evening, friend of the show, family, Lamar Gafford, TownTalk.com. How you doing today, my man? Man, I'm good. How about y'all? Doing good, man. Doing pretty good. So we are recording this episode right after game one of the 2022 NBA Finals. Boston won 120-108. to after weathering a three-point barrage from Steph Curry in the first quarter. So, guys, let me just start off by asking, what happened to the Warriors in the fourth quarter? Um, You know, I think that Boston is ranked the number one defense in the, in the league for a reason. And I think what you saw early, you know, they were playing a lot of drop coverage on the screens and basically just like giving – Steph a free reign to come off the screens and be able to pull. And some of the threes that he hit in the first quarter uh, as well were just kind of miscommunication and just, you know, just miscommunication and lack of uh, knowing where they were supposed to be. But I think they really, really locked in. And the Warriors, you know, throughout this entire dynasty that they've had, have always been a very turnover-prone team. So I'm always of the mindset because I predicted Boston in six. And so, you know, my thing is just, you know, you got to steal, you know, one of the first two games on the road. And I don't even want to say they stole this. They took this. They took this game. Um, And I think in the fourth quarter, they just did a really good job of honing in, just cutting it, cutting it, cutting it, keeping the momentum. And, you know, to hold the Golden State Warriors scoreless for five minutes, that is insane. Um that is insane and a credit to to the defensive performance that they put on Al Horford, Robert Williams, uh, all those guys, man. It was it was impressive. And then, you know, another you got to have great defense and then you got to have some tough shot makers. So for Jalen Brown to get it going like that, the shots Derek White was hitting. Um, and then, of course, Al Horford to hit six threes in his you know finals debut was, you know, 
just really put them over the edge and help seal the deal for them. For me, man, the wildest thing about even just looking at the box score and after watching the game, Boston won a game in the NBA Finals with Jason Tatum shot three for 17, and they won that game yep. by double digits. Yep. Like, yep. now, of course, they had to score 40 points in the fourth quarter, and the Warriors could barely piss a drop, but still, that is insane. Now, for me, picking this series has been very difficult because – when you have a team like Golden State that's been here before, been here so many times and had so much success and gone through adversities that they've been through, you can assume a team with championship pedigree and just with that championship DNA, even if they don't have the most talented team, somehow, some way, they find a way to rise to the occasion when it calls for it. But just on paper, I thought defensively, this is going to be their toughest task. Because what Boston has sure. on the defensive side with just long, tall athletes, long, tall, active athletes, Brown, Smart, Tatum, Williams, Horford, Grant Williams, Derek White, they've got good defenders all across the board, and they can pretty much switch everything. So, like, for me, I think this one is going to go seven. Who wins? Typically, I pick the team that has home court. So I'm going to go, I'm gonna go Golden State in seven. But I think Boston stealing game one is definitely a big statement. And, they, and the biggest thing they showed is tonight, they ain't scared. The moment's not too big. And there's a no. team that's fought through adversity all season long, started off pretty slowly, and then roared to the finish line. This is a team, this is going to go seven. And Golden State, I think, is eventually going to pull this out. But it's going to be rough. And, and Steve, you kind of touched on that right there, where this Boston Celtics team even though they've never been in this stage in the finals before, they've been battle tested all throughout these last few years. You know, mm -hmm. having played game seven against LeBron, having played games uh, playing against the Heat. Shoot, even in this playoff run, they've had to beat the Nets with KD and Kyrie. They had to beat Giannis and the Bucks in the game seven, and they had to beat Jimmy Butler in game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals. So they've been battle tested all throughout. And it's like what also Kennedy said er earlier, too, where the defense really picked up in the fourth quarter for them. Even in the second quarter, even even we can even put it like that here, where Steph Curry was out here scoring 21 points in the first quarter. He had none in the second. And they were still right there within striking distance. And seeing those guys like Horford step up, seeing those guys like uh, Derek White step up, and also seeing you know Robert Williams be out there and do a pretty solid job. Even though it was also it wasn't Jason Taylor's night shooting, he still had 13 assists in that game as well. So he was still a very solid playmaker in getting those shots and create getting create uh creating plays for his teammates out there. And you know, I said the Boston was probably gonna win in six. Still in game one was a big, big point of that there. And it's gonna help him out. So given that Jason Tatum shot three for 17 in game one what does Ime Udoka and that staff need to do to get him going in game two because I don't think necessarily you can count on Derek White to be five for eight from the three-point line or Marcus Smart to be four for seven or Al Horford to even be six for eight from the three-point line right like those filled in the gap for for the production Jason Tatum normally gives you but that isn't something you should count on each and every time it's like when your car is running out of gas right if you make it home all right great but nine out of ten, you probably gonna end up stranded on Interstate 35. 
So what does that staff right. need to do to get him going, like just offensively, schematically? Well, I mean, number one, you can't, you know, let a guy dwell on this performance. First things first, we got the dub, right? So uh, you don't need to be thinking about, you know, maybe a shooting slump. And then second thing, I think coming out, you need to run the first two or three plays for him. Get him, you know, either layups, free throws, or to spots on the floor where he likes to be at. Um, and, and let him see a couple of easy ones go in and then let him operate from there because it's the finals now. I mean, it's never going to be easy. Um, everybody knows your play, especially against Golden State. They all know what you like to do, where you like to catch the ball. And they got a lot of bodies to throw at him. Wiggins, Draymond, um, Clay. Uh, they got a lot of wings that they can put on Tatum and, and give him a, a tough night. Um, so I would just try and, you know, get him going early next game. Uh, really try and hone in on that defensive side of the ball. Maybe we can get some leak outs, get you a layup, like I said, maybe get to the free throw line so you can get something easy. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Just give them some easier shots, you know, maybe, you know, give them, let them get a, give them a good rhythm. Um, that's probably another way to get him going a little bit out there. I probably even say the same thing for Jalen Brown. He did have 24 points, but it wasn't efficient. So, you know, try to get those two guys going because, um, the way that the, the 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 role players really stepped up, it generally doesn't happen like this on the road. So you're going to have to get your main guys uh, more involved in there. They were so lucky just in order to get game one with those two guys not performing at the best of their ability. So just get them, just get them in there. Just get them some easy going shots there, and just just get them in the rhythm, basically. Absolutely. So moving on to the Golden State Warriors, they had a double digit lead going into the fourth and blowing it. A team like this, what do they need to adjust? Well, I thought that when the momentum started to shift, so did their offense. So, you know, for a period of time, especially when they were up by double digits, it seemed like Boston was having to take so many tough shots. You know, like Jalen Brown was making a couple and then obviously in the fourth, he started knocking them down. But it seemed like they were just having to take so many tough shots over like two or three guys and the Warriors were just moving and moving and moving and getting layups, getting wide open threes. And it just seemed like they were unguardable. But then Boston goes on this run and now it's kind of like people are standing around high screen and roll, like, and that's it. And then they they end up taking tough shots or they end up turning it over. But I mean, the advice that I would have for them uh, from this junior college assistant coaching perspective is just keep doing what you're doing. Like, I always feel like that about Golden State. And I think, you know, Steph Curry is a, a great player, one of the best of the generation. But, like, all I was saying with Boston was even when Golden State was up, like, 13 or 14, right, going into the fourth, if you could just cut it to five, because I think they were down 10 going into the, in the fourth. If you could just cut it to five, you got a chance there. Because it's like when they lose momentum, they can go from being, like, world beaters to looking like just like an average team. And you can take advantage of that. And that's what Boston did. Because for five minutes, they couldn't make a shot. They couldn't make a shot. And if – I don't want to do that to him. But, I mean, if, if Steph is that guy that they're trying to give him his first finals MVP to, there's no way you're going five minutes without your team in the finals without getting a bucket. And that's sometimes why stats can be misleading. Because if you look at his stats, he had, what, 34 – tonight 12 for 25 a little bit under 50 percent 50 percent from three but if you watch the game you're like where was he for five minutes we don't know 
And so, I mean, that's my thing is just you you got to keep guys going. Jordan Poole can't shoot seven shots. He's got to shoot more than seven shots. Um, I, That was one thing that I, I meant to mention earlier, but he's got to shoot more than seven shots because that is their other score. You know, it's Steph and Clay, and then you have these role players, but Jordan, Jordan Poole has been that spark that has ignited them and kept this resurgence of their team alive. And without him, then, you know, you're missing a big piece. And also, and those threes that they were trying to shoot in the first quarter, I mean, that's another thing, too. I mean, those threes weren't falling. So it was a tough night for them in that case as well. And it's crazy because, you know, everybody was talking about the Warriors coming out here as the well-rested team. And they had been well-rested uh, going into this. And for them just to kind of, I guess, kind of lose it after the first quarter and then after the third quarter, just to kind of lose it in this way, very underwhelming there. So uh, those are a couple of things that they really are going to have to shore up a little bit there um, and just try to work on some things. I also probably say Jordan Bull probably going to have to be another guy that's going to have to get going a little bit too because, you know, with him, I mean, he had a very good start in the playoffs. Unfortunately, nine points this one. I mean, that's just kind of a little underwhelming to me. And so he's going to also have to have to step up as well uh, just to kind of take some of that load off of Steph and just take some of that load off of Clay as well. So, um, yeah, I, I imagine he's going to have to be another guy that has to step up, though. Yeah. And and like you mentioned earlier, like they came out, you know, guns blaze. Well, really, Steph did. And like I said, it was a couple of, of miscues. I think he made one or two that were, you know, might have been contested. But the ones that I remember the most were. You know, nobody came to him one time. He was wide open, walked into one. You know, they didn't understand, you know, on the switch what they were doing. He was able to get another wide open one. And you look up, he's got six threes, he's got 21 points in the first quarter. Now, in the regular season, you know, they up 20 already. That's curtains. But you look up at the end of the first quarter, Boston's only down by four. You're like, okay, well, we withstood this Steph Curry barrage. Now, what are the chances he's going to have another 20-point quarter? So now let's take our chances, let's bear down defensively, let's communicate, and let's get through it. And then again, they, you know, it looks like they're losing momentum again. Down, I think they, what was the most they got down by 14? Believe so. They got down by 14, they end up down by 10 going into the fourth. And then you're like, okay, let's cut it to five. And he cut it to five fairly quickly. Okay, well now let's see, let's see what the, their championship pedigree is made of, and let's see what our pedigree is made of. Because like Lamar said, we don't went through LeBron or we don't went up against LeBron in the biggest stage. You know, we don't went up against Giannis. We don't went up against KD and Kyrie. We feel like we tested too. We just ain't been on this stage. So let's see. I think one of the things that really stuck out to me about this Warriors run this year, this team post Kevin Durant is so much more like those first two Warriors teams, the 73 and nine team, that team that won that first title in that roster construction wise. Outside of Steph, if Steph doesn't have it going, who is your second guy that create that can create his own shot when exactly. the offense isn't working? Like the last handful of minutes of the game in a situation like tonight, when you know the other team is on a run, who can you hand the ball to? Like, go get me a bucket right now. Forget the system, forget the motion, forget everything else. Go score right now. Stop the bleeding. Outside of Steph, before KD showed up, they didn't have another guy that could do that. Just completely off the dribble, go create their own shot. Yeah, Clay. Which is why they went and got him. Right, Clay. You have to create shots for him most of the time. Yeah, 
which is why, as you said, they needed to go get Durant. Because yep. at this point in the league, most teams, most elite championship level teams have two guys where at the end of a ball game, they can create their own shot. So with this Warriors team, that second guy by process of elimination is going to have to be Jordan Poole, probably either exactly. Jordan Poole or Andrew Wiggins. I mean, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, and this is why I think the critics that are with Steph Curry that you know that Steph Curry does have are because of these moments right here it's like okay well you can say that you know he's one of the greatest of all time and all this and that's fine and dandy but Kevin Durant was in these situations and with you guys they y'all not going five minutes without scoring y'all not because when times get tough and when you know they're able to blow up that action with Steph and Clay running coming off split screens and all this let me give KD the ball at the elbow and you go to work and you get a and you get your shot. And so um, without him, you know, because it's been this big, you know, this big deal, especially in the last couple of weeks, because the Warriors made the finals and, you know, KD is not there and whatever. But they're going to need, like you said, Jordan Poole to step up and be that second creator, because if Steph doesn't have it going, it gets real tough for them out there. And then, you know, they have a lineup out there with Draymond and Iguodala who, you know, have championship experience and, you know, they've been through this before being on the floor together, but both of y'all are going to have to shoot it. Both We're going to sag off of both of y'all and y'all are going to have to make plays and beat us. And Draymond did not hit a three, if I'm if I'm mistaken. I think Iguodala hit one. But, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say Iguodala hit one. Draymond didn't hit any. Draymond was 0 for 4 from the three-point line. Right. And so um, just your lack of, your lack of, of shot creators after that makes them kind of beatable down the stretch of games, especially if you kept it close and you able to execute, you able to get stops down on the other end. That's when, you know, this is about Tatum and Brown and okay, we know that y'all are good. Y'all beat Katie, Giannis, Jimmy Butler, top 15 coach in the NBA history, as they say in Eric's poster. So now Tatum and Brown, how good are you really? On the biggest stage. Because you got to hit some big shots in here to win it. Now, something that made me think about what you said earlier was that they withstood Steph's three-point barrage and were only down four. Mm -hmm. As I was watching the game, and Steph is on fire in the first quarter, I was thinking, wow, Steph is lighting it up. And they're only up two possessions at the end of one. That's exactly what I said. Like, whoa, like, hey, 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 hey. That's when I said Boston has a really good chance to win this. Because at some point, Steph's going to cool down. At some point, you're going to make a run. Will they respond? Will they not respond? That's going to determine if you win. And it reminded me of, I don't know if you guys remember, in 2019, Warriors Rocket Series, Game 6, without KD, Steph is scoreless at halftime, I believe. Mm -hmm. And the Warriors were only down two. Mm -hmm. And then he went for 33. Yep. And I told my buddy at halftime, I said, the Rockets are playing great. Steph has playing poorly. And the Warriors aren't down 30 points. The Warriors are going to win this game. That's how mm -hmm. I felt watching that game tonight. That really is. Like, if your best player is either playing really poorly or playing really well, and the opposition is still within striking distance, you're probably in trouble, yep. Jack. I And I felt that way after the first. But, like, I, I'm not – I'm going to admit it. Like, in the third, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, they – Warriors might win this one just because, like I said, it just felt like the Warriors were getting every 
shot that they wanted. And Boston was having to work so tough to get quality shots. And I'm like, I don't know if they can pull this one out. But then when that fourth started, it was like the floodgates open. And it was like, we finna, we about to get stops. We about to get out. And, you know, Derek White, 21 points off the bench. Al Horford, we already mentioned it. Um, Peyton Pritchard hit some big shots. Marcus Smart hit some hit some big threes, too. And so all of that is a luxury. You got to Jason Tatum and, and Brown really have to play better and be more efficient. But if those guys can even give you, you know, another game of that, then, I mean, you're in business. Maybe at home, though. I don't know if they can do it again on the road. So, Lamar, Ken, and Lamar, I'm going to start with you. Does game one change your outlook on this series? No, I mean, I still think it's going to be a, a very close series regardless. I mean, I can, I feel like Golden State's going to have an answer in game two. I feel like they, honestly, I feel like they take game two. And I still think it's going to be a six game series. I still think Boston wins in six, but I still think we're still going to be in for a, a, a tough competitive series. Now, maybe if Boston wins game two and yeah, you know, uh, Blows them out there, maybe a little different, but I'm not going to change my opinion after one game. No, that's exactly it's exactly how I was thinking. I predicted them to steal game one. I predicted Boston in six games, so they were going to have to steal one on the road. So it's right up my alley. Uh, like Lamar said, now if Golden State loses game two, then you know it's going to be very interesting. But I do predict Golden State is going to win game two, so it's right on the timeline that I have. I don't think this changes anything, to be honest with you. I think a team like Golden State is going to rebound big in game two. I think mm-hmm. that this is, like I said, this is going to be a long one. This is going to be one where, you know, the team that doesn't get too high doesn't get too low. The team that just yep. stays even. Because in long series like this, even in the playoffs just in general, and even in the regular season broadly, there are peaks and valleys. For sure. You know, so the team that can stay the most even keel, given the circumstances, given what's at stake, that's going to be the team that's going to win this thing. And, you know, we've seen Golden State. They've had a seven-game series in the finals. They've been up 3-1, and they've lost it. They've also been down 3-1 that same postseason and came back and won. Right? So it's going to be about, in my opinion, which team can just weather the storm. You know, this is going to be a long ride. And personally, just given the championship experience, I think that's going to be Golden State, ultimately. Golden State by hair. By a hair. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. It very well could be. I'm, I'm interested to see how the rest of these games turn out, especially uh, when they go to Boston to see if Golden State can steal one over there. Um, but I know that, you know, that atmosphere is going to be nuts. Their first finals appearance in 14 years. I, I'm very excited about this series. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to have to leave it right there. We are out of time here on the Game Plan Podcast, special edition post-game show. So. Major Colonel, Captain Kennedy Miller, where can the folks find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Again, that's underscore Kennedy, as in the former NFL lineman Cortez Kennedy Miller, as in one of the greatest women's basketball players of all time, Cheryl Miller underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. All right. All right, Ken, I ain't going to lie to you. Every time we ask for your Twitter name and things like that, I'm going to just do the salute, the country ass salute T.I. used to do. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that nobody well, in the military well, would ever <laughs> Yes. Yes. What's that? What the heck? It's the Kang, shouting. 
right, man. Lamar, my good man. Where can the folks find you on Twitter? Man, too bad this wasn't a visual medium. Uh, I'll go ahead and say uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lamar Gafford. That's all in one word, at Lamar Gafford, uh, all in one word. And um, that's just pretty much it there. All right. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T is in Tangeray, S is in Sangria, M as in Margaritas. Follow the show on Instagram at underscore the game plan podcast wherever you're listening however you're listening we appreciate you guys for listening for lamar gafford and for kennedy miller my name is alex goodwin this has been the game plan podcast we're gonna catch you guys next time